I'm also excited about what, um, what's going to happen with this Brazil team. Let me fill in the gaps. Um, you know, they've been raising funds and some of you have been helping and, and all that to go to send a team of six. The last time the team came back, let me tell you what happened. I forgot that the Sunday that we were having an Orthodox Jew and a friend, a pastor friend from Israel come, they sat right where Mike and Carrie are right there. And uh, our team, when they come back, they're going to take over the service. So they'll have been doing outreach, street ministry, preaching, laying. They're going to see miracles. They're under our cover. Randy Clark is our cover, Global Awakening. And so we're under his cover. So that anointing flows. They came back. Well, that particular Sunday, I don't know if you remember, Andrew was 12, I believe. And uh, now he's in college and, you know, amazing guy, amazing drummer. Happened to be here. Well, he was, I think, on the preaching circuit or whatever, but he had a word of knowledge at the end of, during our service, and he said, there's somebody here, you got problems in your left shoulder. If you'll raise your arm, God will heal you right now. Well, the Orthodox Jew, Gil Olochevich, first time service ever been in a Christian church before, came and I'm going, oh, Lord. I didn't know he had been in a car accident until uh, he was hit on his bicycle in Tel Aviv and had had surgery in his left shoulder and had broken his left knee a couple of months before. Complaining on the plane to our pastor, he couldn't get range of motion, and he was in pain. And so he's sitting there next to Neil Blake and, and David Decker, our pastor friend, and Andrew gives that word of knowledge. And he looks over and says, is that what you guys do in these Christian churches? He hadn't been church broke, right? And so he, he said, well, go ahead, raise your hand. So he raised his arm, and he's instantly healed. And so that word of knowledge impacted him. Six months later, he comes back for another visit, and he comes to the church, and he'd been asked by his rabbi, well, why didn't God heal your knee too, your broken left leg? He goes, well, I don't know. I'm just happy he healed my, my, my shoulder. Is that okay? And, and so that particular little Anna who's going out, Anna Grace, who's going out on the mission trip. She was, I think, nine at the time. We had just finished training all of our children on laying on of hands because there's no little Holy Spirit, right? These signs will follow them that believe, Mark 16. So if they believe, then... They ought to be able to lay hands on the sick. So long story short, um, Michael, who is our, where's Michael Escobar? There he is. I don't know if you remember this. The day before, he'd been out Saturday, and I think you were in one of the thrift stores. Good, was it? Salvation Army. And there was a lady in a wheelchair who uh, had, a, I guess, a, a brace on her knee. Motorcycle accident. And the Holy Spirit said, well, why don't you pray for her? So he did, and then she gets, takes off the brace, is walking around, has a mini church service in the Salvation Army. Well, he's pretty pumped, and I know that Gil's coming, and he has the knee problem. He doesn't know that. Gil comes in, sits down. Michael's, I got a testimony, Pastor. I said, yeah, you need to give that. And I'm thinking, Jehovah's Sneaky, are you up to something again? You know, I wonder what you're doing with that. And so... Michael shares that, and I said, let's have the children who've been just trained. So Anna Grace goes out, lays hands on Gil's left knee, and says something to the, he couldn't remember, she couldn't remember, something like, there's no pain in heaven, God, would you let kingdom come? He said he felt fire go from his kneecap to his foot and back again. Now, he's not a real expressive guy. He gets up, he's going to share. I said, you need to come back to church and share about your shoulder. So he does one of these things three times. And he's trying to figure it out, like, okay, well, the last time I came, I got my shoulder healed. This time, I got my leg healed. He goes back, and he 
has a meeting with then, it wasn't really going well with our president and Prime Minister Netanyahu. Gil goes back and meets with the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, and shares with him what happened in the Christian church that he visited. He goes, you got to go and meet with all the IDF generals, all the generals, and, and encourage them. One, the evangelical churches are still with us. And tell them about your testimony. So he went and shared that around Israel. And so I'm excited. When we send out teams, they go out, they're going to come back, they get this opportunity to be soaked in it. So you're going to hear some more testimonies. But, well, that was a rabbit trail, but let me pray for our offering. Praise God. I just couldn't resist. I thank the Lord for all. I want to just share with you. It's been an amazing week from all over the globe. And uh, I just want to share with you what some of your tithes and offerings are doing. I got a call on Monday morning from our leader, my spiritual son, Pastor Bendigo in India, oversees our 91 churches and, and three orphanages there. And uh, he was just like so excited. They've been doing uh, an all-night prayer meeting in the forest region. I took a team in March to this forest section. We're opening one of our new churches there. It was incredible worship, cutting the ribbons, dancing, singing. It was just really a great, great opportunity. Well, he went back to that section and they were doing an all-night prayer meeting. And in the midst of it, this couple brought a child, eight months old, that was dead. And I want you, I'll just, uh, his language is so cool. Let me just, he goes, um, he sends me an email and then he calls me. He says, little eight-month ba dead baby come to alive. A mother and father come to all-night prayer meeting bringing their dead baby. Came to altar call. God gave life to the dead child. Oh, my God. Praise his Lord. He is so powerful. So I have pictures of that. What's going to happen now in the forest region is that's going to go out. The signs and wonders verify that the message of Christ is true. And they have no health care system in that area and region, and so they have no money either. So it's like, God, if you show up in power, so... Get excited that we're going to see a bunch of more growth opportunities, right? Well, here's some other things that have happened. First of all, House of Mercy Food Bank, 60 families on Thursday. That was amazing to have all the wildfire students helping out and assisting there. It was just wild. They got fed spiritually. Is Caroline here? She's one of the leaders. She shared on Thursday. It was just a great, great opportunity. And see all the laying on of hands. It was so, so good. Lifeline Pregnancy. There are babies' lives that are being spared from abortion because you gave. There's also some baby bottles in the cafe. You might pick that up and just put your uh, money change in there, and Cynthia Dare will come and collect those, and they'll help out and assist moms that are in a really difficult place. The wildfire school, we went from 8 in the morning until 10 at night, and to be able to host that many, many of you put them up in the leaders in your homes uh, to just be able to minister to that. They're going to head back to their campuses. Matter of fact, I'd like all the wildfire folks that are still here. Would you stand, all the leaders? Would you stand? I want to I thank them for coming. Thank you. I think there were 55 or so that were here this whole week, and it was amazing. 
Uh, last night, Jonathan Tremaine, who was the pastor from, uh, is it Indianapolis, it's inner city? St. Louis. Um, man, what an amazing testimony. He was the one who set up the tent for 60 days down in Ferguson after Michael Brown had been shot and all the riots were happening. And he had an amazing testimony last night about we don't need another civil rights movement. We need a righteous movement. And it was just a really empowering uh, time during the commissioning at last night. It was so, so good. Anyway, your tithes and offerings assist and be able to keep the lights on, the copy machine running, the flush toilets working, all that. And so, so I thank you for that. Nepal, we just sent five of our orphans back to Bible College, 30-hour bus ride to Delhi. And uh, that was 900 and something dollars to be able to get them there safely. Their tuition for three months is $450. That's pretty good for what you think about our colleges. Kent Powell, one of our, he's on his way back right now from Mozambique. He nearly died last week. We had to get him intravenous feeding for malaria. Um, to the point he even told Andrea, his wife, he said, please bury me on the, on the mission base. And, of course, she's not having any of that. She ended up calling the hospital. They brought a nurse out. They intravenously uh, took care of this thing. Then his mom passed away this week as well, and she lives in Bergaw. So they're on their way back, but we had to come up with money to, to ship them back. So thank you for helping with that. And on it goes. I just thank you. So as you, I want you to see that it's tangible. Your tithes and offerings, there's real people behind it. There's real souls behind it. There's real impact behind it. So would you stand? I want to pray a blessing over our tithes and offerings this morning. Lord, I am so grateful to all your people for their sacrifice and for their desire to see the kingdom advance, for those who fuel the kingdom. Lord, I ask now that you would move mightily. I, I think of that scripture in Luke 21, verse 1 through 4. It says, Jesus sat at the offering box, and he watched all the rich people put their surplus in the box. And there was a widow who came and put two pennies. And he said, they've come and give out of their surplus. She's come and given all. I'm not sure why Jesus watched that, and he didn't really give a teaching point on it, but I pray now, Father, that, Lord, you would increase the giving so we can continue to see great advancements. Lord, I thank you that you're able to fund your advancing kingdom and that you let us be part of that. So now would you take these tithes, would you take our offerings, and would you multiply them and on the day that we stand in heaven before you, we will see the personal fruit of where our money went. It'll be the translation of the souls of men. And we'll be sure that you receive glory and honor in it. In Jesus' name, amen. We put our tithes and offerings in the box. And if you want to give online, we can do that as well. So thank you for that. Some announcements, um, we're going to take discipleship time on Wednesday nights. We're going to take starting this Wednesday night and then through the uh, Wednesday nights on in July, we're going to give our caregivers a, a month off. So 
Don't come on Wednesday nights. We'll, we'll not be here. <laughs> you can pray, walk the premises, but uh, we're going to take the night off the, throughout July. We will be back in August. I'm going to spend the first five Wednesdays in August doing an in-depth teaching on breaking free. And so if you come, I'm going to give you a personal copy of my book. I'm going to equip because we're going to prepare for what's coming in September and October. Uh, Pastor Mike Thornton, who's in Jersey right now, um, we're going to do some dream interpretation first part of September. And then uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, Lisa Moore, Hannah's mom, is going to be teaching on the book of Ephesians. Uh, so God is going to move mightily this fall. I just have it in my bones. So I want to prepare the team for that. And so just a couple of other announcements. The burn, July 21st from 7 to midnight, it will be in the sanctuary. That's on the 21st of July. That will still go on. Uh, that monthly event um, representing different teams across the city will come in and we'll do worship for five, five hours. One other thing, some of you know uh, June Wynn, June Bell. Um, she's headed to uh, Bethel. She's going to be going across country, actually stopping at various churches and preaching. I told her that I'd go ahead, and she's been part of our body in the past. She's heading out to the ministry. She's got, um, Carabas is going to do a luncheon fundraiser for her. And so if you'd like to, Tuesday, you can call into Carabas and bring a luncheon out, and uh, she's going to get a fundraiser for that. So I have some cards here that I'll leave up here if uh, you'd like to pick that up. It's a reminder for, for Tuesday. And then pray for her as she heads out to Bethel. We have so many... Uh, alumni now coming from Bethel, going to Bethel. It's, it's awesome. So, And I think those are the key announcements I wanted to make. <clears throat> well, I want to turn this, I want to have T and Nico. Come on up, guys. If you have not had an opportunity to, to meet these guys... A lot of you weren't here. I'd just take a couple minutes and tell of your vision, what you're doing. You know, if you go on Fox News or anything, there's a lot of stuff going on negatively in the campuses, but it's not all negative. And these guys are investing, and it is awesome to see what's got. So tell of the vision, and then uh, we've got some testimonies. I'd like to have your team share. Awesome. Yeah, just really quick, um, uh, our heart is to see vibrant Jesus movement on college campuses and cities around the world. And so we're getting behind students and young adults who are on the front lines of leading revival in this generation. And we are encouraging them, equipping them, training them, gathering them, encouraging them, inspiring them. And so we want to see the name of Jesus lifted high in every place. And so we're just partnering with the heart of the Father. Yeah, and so we... Uh just really have built a network, uh, a really relational network of individuals who are on different college campuses across the East Coast and America. Um, the Wildfire School, it was birthed out of the vision to really equip and train them and then send them back out to um, 
you know, go to their campuses and and really from the place of prayer, birth things of evangelism, uh, to really see the love of Jesus saturate college campuses, you know. Uh, and, and so the way that we really feel we go after that is we really are big John 17 unity guys, you know, and so it's, it's not just a student thing. Um, we bring together students, campus ministers, and the local church all together to really come and have a, a, a greater impact on our campuses and in our cities. And so uh, um, you want me to just invite some people up here and do some testimony? Let me just welcome if you're a first-time visitor, including our school member, why don't you stand? We want to thank you for coming. Any first-time visitors here this morning? If you'll, uh, guys, would you hand out the, the welcome baskets there? Just uh, le- You can have a seat and just raise your hand. We want to give you a thank you for coming with us this morning. There's a little invitation card in there. If you wouldn't mind filling it out and dropping it in the offering box on the way back, we'd love to... Send you some thank you for being with us. All right, praise God. While they're doing that, I want you to hear some of the testimonies that, oh my, it's been good. Yeah, and uh, we just want to say thank you um, to everybody in Global River, to you, Pastor Tom. I mean, you guys help make this happen. I mean, so let's give it up for you guys, man. I mean, from... uh, Joy and Jonathan, his grandmother serving in the kitchen long hours, uh, Dela, um, people are just like uh, jumping on board, uh, Liz Bagnuda working long, long, long hours to make all the administrative stuff happen here. We want to give a big thank you to her. If you see her this week, just give her a big hug and tell her you love her. Um, <laughs> uh, so we want to share some student testimonies. If I can get uh, Lauren Brown, a uh, cat. Um, uh, Hannah, come on up here. Aaron, uh, where, where are my guys in the back? Dennis, um, come on up here. Mikael, Jordan, Sammy. Yeah, come on up here, guys. Uh, where's Alicia at? Is she still in here? Come on up here. Uh, Jacob, you want to show that first video? We're rolling. All right, ready? Roll. Uh, what's up? So this week at Wildfires, um, God just really taught me the power of prayer. And um, as a worshiper, uh, there was something that um, I had when I as a, growing up. Um, <laughs> there was this like way I loved to sing, and it was just like really like R and B and soulful. And um, as soon as I kind of like became a Christian, I stopped that. Um, and I felt like the enemy was kind of, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but kind of suffocating me as a worshiper um, and into this mold that I thought like worshiping had to be. And so this week I got to release the sound um, that was purely just from the Lord. And um, I got to go back kind of to my roots of who I am as a worship leader. And so it was incredible and really freeing. And so I think this week um, what I'll take back the most is how like to, to worship in, in true freedom. Um, and that was probably the most significant thing. So, yeah. Come on, that is Cameron. She's from uh, uh, Alabama, uh, Birmingham Southern University. Uh, the university that she actually goes to was the uh, birthplace of revival in Alabama college campus there. And so uh, it was really cool to just sit down and talk with her. She's believing for revival to spring forth out of that campus. And so she was here and just to see her re-energized and recharged was absolutely incredible. So we want to hear from some more students just to what God did in their lives. And just to know that like this is, guys, this is your fruit. 
you're helping to make this happen, you know, and so we're in this together, okay? So when we win, when, when we win Jesus is winning, and that's what we celebrate. <laughs> All right, so Jordan, tell me a little bit about what God did in your life, man. Um, this week has just been really awesome, and uh, the Lord was just really uh, just putting on my heart to just be able to step out and just not be afraid, and just be able to just love, and love casts out all fear, so just to be able to love and love the Lord and just be able to display it to other people, genuine love so for other people. So it's just really awesome. That's so good. Come on. And this is his brother, Mikhail. Um, this week was uh, really awesome. A lot, a lot better than last, uh, last year. Uh, so it just keeps getting better and better. Come on. <laughs> Um, uh, like for the most of the week, I was like, I kept hearing in my head, God saying like, um, here am I, send me. It's like my heart cries, like I'll go where you want me to go. And so, yeah. Come on. It's so good. This is Sammy. Sammy is amazing, guys. Like Samuel is a little prophet too. Like he gets like words of knowledge, like all the time, like for our staff. And so, like, he will just, like, blow your mind, and he's just, like, so cool. So what was God doing in your heart, Sammy? Um, he's just been really impactful this week and just, like, always, like, giving me words of knowledge and just trying to, like, reveal him to people and just, um, just really go after him this week. It's been good. Yeah. Come on. I love what God is doing in these guys' life. They've been hanging out all week long. It's like a, a young group of them, and they're from like age 14, 15, 16 years old. And they're going to be this next generation of fire starters. My vision is to see them actually leading this school, you know, and so to give it and to just pour into one generation that they pour into the next. Come on. So this week, um, the Lord has just been wrecking me. I'm just going to be honest. He's just been wrecking me, showing me who I am, um, how he sees me, um, just all kinds of stuff, like that he loves me. So, Yeah, come on. Awesome. Aaron, tell me a little bit about uh, the, uh, you were in the musician track, correct? Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, this week I've been finding deeper levels of surrender for the Lord, and he's shown me how to use his gift that he's given me to sing and to give it back to him this week, so. That's really good. Come on. Catherine, come on. Yeah, so this week God really moved. Um, he just showed himself to be powerful and present. Um, even in my life, like, I'll give you a good example. Um, keep it really short. But one night we were doing prophetic um, things, and so they called up for a random four people to just volunteer, and I felt the Lord nudging me to go, and I'm like, oh, no, I don't like microphones, and I don't like talking in front of people, so no. And then um, they called for it a second time, which I really didn't expect, um, and then he's like, go, and I'm like, no. And this was, um, then they asked for TJ, which was one of the students, um, to come up, which I had been connecting with him through the week. And, um, you know, they're like encouraging him to go up and he won't go up. So I'm like, I'll go up with him. And so then he wouldn't go up still. So <laughs> then another girl volunteered and now they're asking me to go. So I'm like, oh no, now I'm really got to go. And it's not just because of someone else. <laughs> So um, I ended up giving, um, they asked us to turn around and to ask God for one word um, and to give it to the person that uh, was behind us without looking at who it was. And um, I got the word free and I thought it was maybe my imagination because I'm like, 
well, it's just, it's floating around that theme. And so um, I turned around. I didn't even know the girl. And the Lord gave me the word courageous. And so I just said the word. And then the Lord gave me the interpretation for it, that she had been held back by a lot of things, like there were ropes tying her down. And that all she needed to do was take one step forward and all of them would snap. Um, and I talked to her later and it was dead on. Um, but it was like God was just reminding me of how ever present he is and how faithful he is. So, so good. Awesome. Man. All right. Everybody, this is Lauren Brown. Yeah, this is Lauren Brown. This is one of the most amazing female leaders that we know. She is we brag about her like all the time. She's at Clemson University um, doing campus city missions work there. Um, and, and just God is just continually like expanding her horizon and opening doors, not only in this country, but in other countries as well. And so we know that what happens on campuses will impact cities and ultimately it's going to impact the nations of the earth. And so, uh, yeah, Lauren, you're just an amazing leader. We just want to say that and, and affirm that in front of the, the crowd of witnesses right now. So, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, how it impacted students here? And as well as uh, we did an outreach on uh, Saturday and we went out into the city and they had some testimonies of just uh, we went treasure hunting and, and there were some great testimonies that we're going to share from that as well. Yeah, so I would say, like, during worship this morning, I was just, like, taking a minute to step back and think about the week. And it's, I think in the midst of the week, things are so busy, and you know amazing stuff is happening. But being able to be here today and just, like, praise God for what he's doing, I realize, like, the word that comes to my mind is holy. Like, this week was a holy week. It was a set-apart week for students' lives, for staff. Like, it was a set-apart week in history. Um, and so I would say, like, students like there were salvations like one girl she just completely met Jesus and last night we were talking at the house and she's like the old Adasia's gone just a new Adasia I'm gonna do new things um and so it's just cool and also like last night we were doing the recording the video testimonies and hearing what people were sharing like people were like you know I came trying to find my identity and this week God showed me who I was in him or I came fearful and I'm leaving bold um and so people found their voice like we had a messenger track and and a musician track and people really were like filled with like the sound of God whether it's through speaking words or singing songs uh, that are going to impact campuses and cities and families and personally like I was in the leadership track and as a leader and serving on the campuses this was such a week of refreshing for me and strengthening like getting to be with other people that are like plowing on campuses and cities and just like Lincoln arms like it's just you feel like a fresh vision and fresh strength to go back and like keep running after what the Lord said so yeah it was amazing thank you all so much for allowing us to use the space and for hosting us can you tell us a little bit about what happened when you guys went out to uh, the beach and went treasure hunting out there Okay, so yesterday we split up into groups to go treasure hunting, and our group got Wrightsville Beach. So we were driving there, and we were just asking God, okay, God, like, will you give us clues about who we should look for? And so everyone got different things, but one thing was Ninja Turtles that someone got. Someone got pink, um, and then we also got braces, and there were some other words. 
Well, long story short, we walk onto the beach, and right where we stop, right in front of us, is this little kid playing in the ocean with Ninja Turtle swimsuit trunks, and we're like, okay, here we are, and so we knew that we couldn't, like, approach the kid, because that's creepy, and so we're like, okay, Lord, like, where are the parents? Like, let's figure this out, and so I see two ladies walking down the beach, and she had a pink swimsuit that, like, stood out to me because of the word pink, and it was super cute, so I was like, I love your swimsuit, Um, and we just started a conversation, and this happened to be the kid's mom. And so we were getting, some of us girls were getting to talk to them, um, just chat. We got to pray with them while some of the boys were hanging out with the little kids and getting to talk to him. So it was just really neat. But we walk away um, and I was telling my friend, I was like, I feel like there was kind of peace that to like continue the conversation. And I honestly didn't think to ask them like if they knew Jesus or like if they had heard the gospel. And I was like, man, I totally missed my opportunity. And my friend was like, let's just pray that like if you're supposed to like share that with them that we would see them again. And I was like, okay, like whatever. I didn't think we would see them. But we're like leaving the beach and we're walking through a parking lot, like not even where we were at first. And the girl just happened to be like at her car. Um, and so we like run up to her. Luke was like, we're going. And I was like, okay, okay. So we go up to her and I was like, hey, I was like, have you like ever heard the gospel before? Like heard about Jesus? And she's like, well, actually I'm a Jehovah witness. Like my entire family is. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know much about that. Like what, what do y'all believe? She's like, oh, the same thing as y'all. Um, and we were like, okay. And Luke was like, do y'all believe that Jesus is Lord? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, Jesus is not Lord. But we just got to show her the paper where God showed it. Like, we wrote down the word Ninja Turtles. And we were like, we believe that, like, God is pursuing you. And, like, he showed us Ninja Turtles because he loves you and he loves your son. And, like, he is pursuing you. And, like, if you, like, give your life to him, like, it will change your, your life, your son's life, and generations to come. And so she was just, like, she didn't, like, accept Jesus on the spot. But she was, like, super open and she wanted to be friends on Facebook, so I have her number. But um, yeah, her name's Jasmine. Be praying for her. Like, she is going to know that Jesus is Lord. Come on. Hannah, can you come on up here? Sweet. Hannah is absolutely amazing. Uh, I just met her this week, and she has been grilling me because I am in a relationship with one of her best friends. Yeah, so, (laughs) Um, but she is so awesome. She just came, uh, speaking of students coming from Bethel, she is a BSSM student, and so it was amazing to have her here with us this week. So, um, yeah, will you tell us a little bit about some of the outreach? Because, I mean, like, you, I I love to just, yeah. (laughs) Okay, first of all, this guy is amazing. He's like Superman, Um, black Superman. And, And so... I was just like so excited to go out because everything that the Lord has poured into us, we could just get to pour out into the world. Like that's the purpose of us being in here right now is for the world to be saved. Um, But so we went out, I mean, um, Cameron, the one that was on the video earlier, she actually had a word about um, pink in all caps. And so they actually went out and they saw this bakery named pink or whatever and um, and then they saw a woman wearing all pink. And so they're like, let's talk to her. And, um, and so they ended up praying for her friend who had breast cancer, which was, you know, the color represented by the color pink. And like all these things aligned and they were just believing for her friend's healing. Like, and it just ministered to them so much. And um, I mean, 
even with like words of knowledge and the prophetic flowing, it just changed people's lives. Like people started crying. People like were like, how did you know that? And we're like, Jesus is real. And, um, and even just like conversation and encouraging people so much. I mean, three people, like three friends ended up giving their lives to Jesus because we just encouraged the hell out of people and they saw the Jesus. And so... It was just like, people got saved, people got delivered, people got healed on this whole like ministry trip because we're not afraid of the Jesus that lives inside of us because he loves the world so much. So, yeah. Come on, it's so good. Their team, they were prophesying over a, uh, um, a local minister here in town. They didn't even know it. Um, what was it? Somebody got his, uh, um, his brother's name. He says, do you have a brother named Michael? He's like, yeah, I actually do. And he says, is he saved? And he's like, no. And he says, I believe God wants to bring him salvation. Another student steps out, and he doesn't usually get, like, words of knowledge, so he's kind of hesitant or whatnot. And he says, you know, I'm just, I don't know if this is my imagination or what, but I see, like, these five cups or whatnot, uh, trophies, and uh, I just see, like, the you over them, and then I see, like, the Lord behind you, and he's just smiling, and the guy's looking at him, like, freaking out almost, you know, he's like, I'm mentoring these five guys, you know, and so it was just really, like, super great confirmation. Um, another student, she steps out, and she says, do you like gardening, you know, and this is an intercessor, and how, if you're an intercessor, raise, raise your hand right now. Nico, you want to pray for them. Like, intercessors, we love you. You guys shift atmospheres, and you usually do it in the backgrounds without getting noticed. And so we just want to say God recognizes you. This girl got a, a, an image of this intercessor, and, he, and she gives her a word of knowledge about, hey, I see you gardening. Do you like to garden? She just starts weeping and tearing up. She said, And then she says, I, God sees you. He loves you. And she just tears up because she says, nobody's ever came and told me that. You know, and so when you're winning battles in the heavenly on your knees, you're opening up things for those who are on platforms. So just yeah, yeah, I just want to say, David, he says, I would have fainted if I have not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And you intercessors who have been praying and, and contending, I just, we, this is the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is the fruit of your prayers. And so, Lord, I just pray that you encourage the heart of every prayer warrior intercessor in this room who have given themselves to the place of prayer, who have given themselves to birthing uh, movements and communities and, and birthing your desire, your inheritance in this city, God, and in this region, in this state, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, their hearts will be encouraged with life right now. Breathe life into their hearts in Jesus' name, that they will stay on the wall. And I pray for a prophetic revelation, that you begin to increase revelation in the place of prayer, that they'll pray with insight. I pray for more dreams and visions in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and this is the last story we have. I saved it for last because I think it kind of brings everything full circle uh, with Global River, with Ignite, and, and how it all just comes together. This is Dennis. This is our... Uh, we call him the global ambassador of prayer and worship intercession. We just put titles on him. He's super, like, just humble guy, but he's a faithful intercessor as well. And so uh, we actually received a word in Raleigh 
uh, a worship leader came to our office and he challenged us to go to the hospital when we were down here. And so Dennis remembered that word. He says, is anybody going to the hospital? And I said, you are. And, <laughs> and so he took a team out there to the hospital and they actually got some words. So I'm going to let him share that story along with Alicia and uh, Sarah too, because it all just connects so well. Um, yeah, God's just been really faithful this week. And we even saw healings in this church. Uh, we have uh, a family member here who's, who's she's got to give her testimony too. Awesome. So, but for us, uh, when we were praying about the hospital, we had a team um, of four people. And um, we got the words, uh, what was it? Thomas, surgery, cancer. And, um, but I mean, the hospital is just wide open for God to move. So. Uh, we went in there, we prayed for a whole bunch of people, and, we were, and I was feeling like we should just go to the emergency waiting room or some other part, but the, one of the girls, she's really young, she's kind of quiet the whole week, um, and she said, no, I'm, I'm feeling we need to go to surgery, uh, the surgery waiting room, and I was like, okay, let's do it. So we walk in there, and there's like, um, but even before we did anything, there was a chapel there that's open 24-7, so we spent the first hour just praying and worshiping, so that I think was which is really good, because um, that just opens up doors. But then when we went to surgery, uh, there was nobody there, and we were like, what's going on? Like, there's, like, no, like, people are just, 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 just completely empty. So we are like, great, like, God's just cleared out people from, <laughs> from surgery. Uh, and, but then we were about to go back, and suddenly we see Christine, who works here, she just pops out. And we were like, oh, my gosh, we know you. Uh, and uh, apparently her husband had just been taken into surgery, and um, emer yeah, emergency surgery all of a sudden, and, uh, and, and nobody knew about it, and so uh, his name is Tom, Thomas, and you know, he's struggling with uh, cancer, it's, uh, I believe it's colon, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, she was, we just spent uh, just the next 40 minutes just praying, encouraging, and uh, worshiping with her. And you have the continuation. Okay, so that's going on there. Her son and daughter-in-law couldn't handle the hospital anymore, so they left. And they went to the Copper Penny. Sarah and the Agape tribe are taking over the street ministry for downtown outreach. And Daniel and I became a part of it. Christian Network. So yes. Continuation. So they're playing, and Sarah starts proclaiming cancer to be broken over Wilmington. And of course, Christine's son and daughter in law can hear it at the Copper Penny, and God just wrecks them over there. So this is going on. There's a guy from the Copper Penny. Okay, this is no, you do. All right. So our generator is about to die. Daniel and I run over, we're putting the rest of the gas in, in the gas into the generator. There's hardly any gas, maybe five more minutes left. And this guy comes up, and I thought he was there to help. Because remember, we're new to this. And he unplugs the, the extension cord from the generator, and he pulls out pliers. And I'm watching this in slow motion going, there's no way he's going to cut this. Yes, he starts to cut the extension cord. And I'm trying to stop him. He doesn't stop. He throws the extension cord down and says, your music sucks, and walks off. Daniel and I are just standing there frozen. Like, that did not just happen. So I run over to them, and I've got the extension cord. I'm like, um, so our set's over. Um, <laughs> 
So we start proclaiming love and prayers over this guy. We're like, Lord, we forgive him. We love him. We just pray for him to be touched wherever he's at. There's this new guy that moved in from Charlotte. His name is Travis. He's been doing this downtown Charlotte for like 15 or 18 years. He takes off after him, just chases him down. He comes back about 30 minutes later. He hands Sarah $100, and he's drenched in sweat. And we're like, what happened? What happened? And he's like, the guy couldn't lose me. So the guy ended up stopping and turning around, and he's like, what? What? And he's like, you, dude, you got to make this right. You got to make this right. So all of a sudden, the guy just, he's like, listen, that music made me so angry, and I don't know why. I was so mad, and I've been drinking. He said he kept telling himself, like, just calm down. It's okay. Just calm. This is Travis's word that the guy told him. Calm down. It's okay. You don't need to freak out. It's okay. But he couldn't get through. Yeah, and so he... Yes. So Travis, yeah. So he ends up, he's like, dude, we still love you. Jesus still loves you, but you know, we got to make this right. So the guy pulls out $300 and he's like, you know, here, just take all my money. And he's like, no, it's like a $60 extension cord. Like, I just want you. So Travis ends up ministering to him. He ends up giving him a hundred dollars. And in that, the guy told Travis like, wow, thank you for your compassion. Thank you for being like this. And, the guy, and I know for a fact the, he, the Lord changed his life right there. I know for a fact he got touched. But wildfires, what they were doing with the treasure hunt, how that all ended up orchestrating, you guys at the hospital, the brother and the, and the daughter-in-law at Copper Penny, her declaring cancer being broken over Wilmington, not to mention a team that was downtown had come, had prayed over the post office where we were set up. So I want you guys, what does unload as well? Yeah. Nate Ruckus is a rock star. So I just want you guys to know he is the greatest orchestrator ever. Like that's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Amen. Well, let me uh, just fill in a gap because I get a text from Christine. Christine's been here. Her, her husband's been trying to get in the hospital, just a series of things. So Friday, she takes some pictures of, the fact that he's not doing well, he looks really terrible, brings it to the doctors, says, look, look at my husband's skeletal frame. He's dying. They make an emergency entry to the hospital. I think it was Thursday or Wednesday afternoon. And uh, Christine can't come here Thursday for House of Mercy. So the, t- the staff steps in. They take care of it. House of- the wildfires helps us. Well, Christine texts me last night. When they, they were going to do a colonoscopy later in the week, and anyway, the doctors look at him yesterday afternoon. They say, he'll be dead in two weeks if we don't do emergency. So they wheel him in to emergency, surge, into the emergency surgery. And so she's like, I haven't even had a chance to tell anybody I'm all alone. God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And then all of a sudden, wildfires walking down with the word Thomas surgery in surge care. Hey, if you don't think God's real, come on. So she sends me this long text crying out, and then she said, and on top of that, my son and his daughter, they're downtown, and then Sarah's singing, and, you know. And so, hey, God's got, God's got it. He knows exactly what he is doing. I want to give one more testimony. Where's Marlene? Marlene, you're here, right? Come on up here, Marlene.
Marlene's got, if you don't know her story, uh, she was paralyzed for, on, was it the left side? Left side. 10 years? No, 12. 12 years ago. How long were you paralyzed? Hit by a truck in New York. And uh, so, anyway, she came here on a, Wednesday mor- on a Wednesday morning for prayer 12 years ago. Catholic, desperate, in a bad place. And they came around her and prayed over her, and she left healed. So she doesn't have any uh, lack of faith for healing. So tell now fill in the rest. Okay, so Monday I wake up and I realized I was sleeping on my hand. And my hand was like really in bad shape. It wasn't just asleep, it hurt. And I was like, well, it'll be all right in a couple hours. But long story short, 8 o'clock that night, my hand was swollen and I was in agony. I call up my friend. She takes me over to Fast Med by Longleaf Mall, and they take an x-ray. So he comes back, and he says, your wrist is broken. I was like, I didn't break my wrist. He said, you didn't break your wrist today. You broke it years ago. It decided to flare up today. I was like, what? How does that happen? So he puts me in this stent, right, and I got this on, like, this is so confining, I have to tell you. Let me put this on. Right, so I'm, I'm walking around like this. You got to walk around wildfire school with that on? Yeah, right. It. I'm guarding it because it hurts so much. I didn't want anybody to touch it. I don't want to be bumped. I don't want, don't come near me. Like, it hurt, you know. So, so I call up my friend who, I'm, we're taking chances of uh, taking care of this little lady that had a stroke. She can't be left alone. And my hours were um, 5 to 9. So Tuesday morning, I call her up and I say, listen, I, I can't help this lady. If she falls, I can't pick her up. You know, I can't do anything. I, I'm going to be no good for her. You're going to have to get somebody to take my, my hours. So she says, okay, I got it covered. So I'm sitting home and I'm in agony. The doctor gives me an Rx for Vicodin. And I never took Vicodin before, and, and I heard it was a narcotic. And I was like, I ain't taking that. So I'm sitting here, and I'm really in pain. And I was like, well, I'm not sitting here in pain either. I heard church was open tonight. I'm going. So I, went, I came here Tuesday night, and for, uh, six gentlemen prayed over me. It was Aaron, Carlos, Gabriel, Luke, and, and Jared. Not, yeah, Jared. Right? So you all pray over me. And I was like, they were like, let's see if you could move it. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was, I could move my fingers. Thank you, guys. I could move my fingers now. And they were like, no, more, more. And I was like, no more. I want to go home and go to bed. I'm tired. This is exhausting. So they prayed for me a long time. And I got my fingers. So I was like really happy for that. I was like, thank you, Lord. I could get my fingers to move. So the next night, it was uh, Wednesday night. And a young man named Devin came over to me, and he, you know, I still had the sling on and everything. And he goes, oh, let me pray over you. I was like, okay, you can pray over me. So he prays over me, and I got to move my thumb. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I got all my fingers now. But don't come near my wrist because it really hurts, okay? Just don't come near. So we try to pray over the wrist, but nothing happens. So I go home. I'm tired. I come back Thursday night. So the end of the, the, end of the um, 
the whole thing. Pastor Tom comes over to me and he puts some anointing oil on my wrist. And I knew at that moment that something was happening. So Hannah, I think it was Hannah? She comes over and she goes, well, what's this, right? She goes, well, what's this? What are you wearing? And I said, okay, God's got an army in front of me, and I'm not going to just let them pray over me this time. So this is what I do. I go, you guys want to pray over me? I'm going to give you something to pray about. You're going to pray over me. Go ahead. (laughs) I was like, let's have it. So they pray over me, and they go, See if you could move it. I was like, I can't move my wrist. And all of a sudden, I'm going like this. I'm going like this. I'm going like this. And I'm like, ah! I can move again. <laughs> right? I was so amazed. Like, God just instantly did this for me. Thank you, Lord. Again, you are. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So many times. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten miracles from that man. Boy, I can't wait to see him. Yeah, but I got to hand it to Hannah. That's a bold young lady right there. And so that's a Bethel product, I can tell. It's like, and that's like red meat to hungry dogs. Get that sling off there. Yipes. So anyway, God is good. But here's the point. She continued to press in. She could sit home and take Vicodin. Or she can say, no, I'm going to go where the Lord is. And then she got prayed three nights in a row. You know, we like instant prayer results, right? But there's something about that perseverance. And there's also the boldness of the one receiving. So that, that's a message. Well, um, I got 15 minutes. If you haven't received an outline, raise your hand. Mike, would you run and Jonathan, somebody, let's hand out the outlines. I want to tie this all together because some of you are sitting there like, so that's nice, testimonies, but what does that have to do with where we are today personally? And so I want to read you a, if you want to open up to Revelation chapter 12, I'm going to fly. It will be done in 15 minutes, okay? In Revelation chapter 12. You might say, well, what's with all the testimonial stuff and what does that have to do with gospel and me and next steps? First of all, it's part of the story. You're in his story, correct? Revelation chapter 12. First of all, John the Revelator you know, has a dream, a vision, a, a open, an open vision. He's talking at, to angels. And there's, there's a lot of um, metaphors or corollaries, agendas within agendas in this. And there's all different uh, testimonial uh, interpretations of this. But let's just take it at face value right now. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun and the moon beneath her feet and the crown, 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and she cried out because her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed another significant event. I saw a large red dragon, seven heads, 10 horns, seven crowns on his head. 
His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. Most of the commentators believe this is a picture. There's lots of stories within this story. But this is the place where Mary is about to give birth to Jesus. We'll see that in a minute when it says the son who will rule the nations. The one-third of the stars is believe this war that's in heaven that Satan himself, when he came in his rebellion to be like God, one-third of the angelic presence rebelled with him. So we see one-third of the stars. Most commentators believe, uh, historians believe, that this is the demonic realm that now operates in the earth, and we'll see that in a minute. Verse 5, she gave birth to her son who was to rule all the nations. So we know this is Christ, right? He will rule the nations with an iron rod, and her child was snatched away from the dragon, caught up to God and his throne. And the woman fled to the wilderness where God had prepared this place. Then there was war in heaven, verse 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. The dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to earth with all of his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren and his sisters have been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you will live in the heavens and rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down with great anger. Let's slip down. I want you to see verse 17. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. King James says it this way, verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war on the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Let me quickly pull this together. First of all, a testimony, this may not be as far as the definition is, it's a formal or written spoken statement, especially given in a court of law. There's a court in heaven, and when you make testimony of what Christ has done, the court of heaven is listening to the statement. In fact, Malachi, I won't unpack this now, but Malachi speaks of this stenographer in heaven. All those who love Christ, there's a record kept of that which has been declared by his children. So every time you get up and give testimony of Christ, the the stenographer of heaven is writing your story in his story. And so, and when you stand before him, you read the rest of that chapter in Malachi, it says, when you stand before him, it will be part of your testimony on that great day, the great day. I don't have time to unpack that, but let's, let's go. So the testimony. Now, we know it says he overcome by the blood of the lamb. Now, blood is interesting. When you, when you go in and look up, first of all, it's not the, just the red liquid running through your veins. There's other connotations of this. Family background, descent, lineage, a person of specified descent. That fits well with 2 Corinthians 5.17. 
If anyone belongs to Christ, anyone who is in Christ is a new creature. Your DNA at that point where Daniel 7 talks about this, Revelation speaks of this, when your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Daniel, go on, you look at that Daniel 7 at some point. When the court of heaven opens, it says the books shall be opened. And those names who are written in his book, those who have been marked by him. So something happens in that place where we give testimony of our faith in Christ, you become marked, right? We saw that in Ezekiel. We see it in uh, Revelation chapter uh, 7 goes on. It says, in fact, let me read this scripture. You don't have to turn there. I'll just quote it to you. I wrote it down. I loved it so much. In Matthew, 13, in Matthew 24, Jesus says this, and in Mark 13, the same. He says, he will send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet. This is that second coming. They will gather together his elect from the four winds, interesting, from one end of the earth to the far part of heaven. So there's this marking that takes place. So, Pastor, what does this have to do with testimonies? Well, it says we have overcome those have, who have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their now testimony. There's something powerful in the testimony. Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. You prophetically, see what happens, the transform, we had testimonies this week, all week. Man, what a great week. I was here every night. I just, oh, I'm weary, but I'm, oh. Where these young adults come, when the, the speakers come, and they speak of this testimony. Last night, Jonathan Tremaine was here. He is a pastor that just, he inspired me. He just, he did. He just, he set up his revival tent in Ferguson while the riots are going on. And he's down there influencing people on the street. You, you, you got to love it. That testimony of Christ. And so, look at your outline for a moment. Let me just say, this is, this declaring war on the remnant, we who, he clarifies who the remnant is. He says, those who keep commandments and maintain their testimony. How you doing at keeping the commandments and maintaining testimony? That's a question, right? King James says it. He makes war on the remnant of her seed on those who keep the commandments of God and have a testimony of Jesus Christ. So testimony is powerful. We just gave the testimony of many, many opportunities that have happened. The Orthodox Jew who went back to Israel and witnessed to the prime minister after children. He says, you know, there was no big shot pastors who prayed for me. It was a 12-year-old boy and then a 9-year-old girl, and I'm healed. Isn't that just like, wow, God? Right? And so he went back. He says, I, and his rabbi didn't know what to do with him. He's like, so I met him several years later. Neil and I got especially invited. He now has the contract with uh well, the group that's doing the whole thing at the Bible, uh, Bible Museum, the Bible Museum that's going to open, I think, this year, right? Yep. The Bible Museum in Washington, D.C., he has the, I think it's a $200 million contract to do the interactive uh, IT work. What's it called? Augmented reality. I'm told you'll walk into the, the room that has the, uh, the opening of the Dead Sea and you'll be in it. <laughs> Disney World will not have any. And so, so anyway, he, it, it's like, so I see him at the, the meeting for the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. We get invited down there. And I walk up to him. I said, Gil, how are you doing? He goes, I'm doing really good. And I said, Gil, can I ask you questions? 
are you saved yet? He goes, you can't ask me that. I can't? No, you can't ask me that. See, what God is doing, the testimony, he has a, he has a real-life testimony of the power of Christ on the hands of children or the word of knowledge. So testimony is, is so important, so powerful. We all have it. It's that stepping out in faith. So, all right, let me land this thing quickly. This overcoming power, if you look at number one there, the blood and the testimony, but it's also wrapped in love. They did not love their lives so much as unto death. There's something about the connection between the revelation of the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and the love relationship that is so powerful, my physical life doesn't matter as much as my testimony never to deny you. And so there's something in that, if you like the ingredients of that, that causes this move of him in us to overcome the power of darkness. That's why the remnant, and you who believe and keep your testimony are part of that remnant that will be gathered up on that day. You've been marked. When we walk into dark places and the, the enemy calls out and says, you're one of them. We are? Yay. God, the devil knows it, right? We, we are one of them. You're, when Jesus walked in the temple, right, and the demonized, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't know who he was, but the demonized said, now, oh, son of God, Jesus, why have you come to torment me before my time? Hush. Right? Don't let that out yet. I don't want that revealed yet. There's something about the marking about the blood and the testimony. So overcoming power. If you look at his sacrifice, number two there, it's his sacrifice that he made, but it's our sacrifice because we walk and we testify, and this revelatory love that is so incredibly amazing that I can't be quiet. I can't not do it. Now, what if wildfire didn't come? What if they didn't empower? What if they didn't do the treasure hunt? And you might, some of man, that just sounds weird. You're asking God. So what do we do? Well, let's go to the surgical unit, and let's look for a man named Tom, who just so happens to be emergency wheeled in from Global River from one of my staff who hasn't an opportunity to tell anybody and is crying out, God, do you care about me, my husband? And here they come. Now, come on. I mean, I may be dense, but if you don't see that as God, there is really something wrong with you. I'm seriously, come on. I, well, pastor, you know, let's not get too emotional. Why not? Overcoming the power, the testimony, the love, his sacrifice, our sacrifice, our sacrifice in him. And I love this. He goes on, he says, why is that blood so important? 3A. If you want to look at this one, you look at Colossians 1, look at Romans, but there's that blood of Jesus, that royal blood of Jesus. Golly. Oh. It has made everything right. In heaven and earth, his blood has made us right in his sight. I don't know how to really grab all that in my brain, but he goes on and on and says through Romans, over and over again, you have been made right by your faith in Christ and by the blood that was shed on the cross. You can stand on it. You can believe in it. You can declare it. You can, that blood and that testimony mixed together are a powerful combination 
that the remnant is going to need in these days. We're going to come against a darkness that is enveloping the earth. It's going to continue to rise. But in the midst of it, all of that is going to be overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony. And then one day, when the eastern sky splits wide open, you can read that in Mark chapter 13 and Matthew 24, his angels will go with the great sound of a trumpet blast, and they will gather his elect, his remnant. Those in heaven, from one side of the earth and one side of heaven to the other, all together. What's that going to day like? going to be like, whoo, glory to God. So we want to encourage ourselves. The power of the testimony. Let's just turn, Revelation 12, we'll just go there. Defeating him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of his testimony. And then Revelation 19.10, just flip a few pages back. Revelation 19.10. John says, I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant, speaking to the angel who's bringing the revelation. And just like you, brothers and sisters, that testify about their faith in Jesus and worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. King James says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Every time you testify your story of what he did, how he healed, do you think Marlene's ever going to be the same? Right, right. How about Hannah? She's never going to be the same. It's like I was sitting there watching. I I put oil on it, and this bold young lady goes, "Come on now, come on!" And all of a sudden, Marlene went bananas. I can't do that. I can't do that. And hey, don't tell me Jesus doesn't heal today. It's not true. All right. What I'd like to do, I. We hadn't pre-planned this, but here's what I'm sensing we should do. I'd like the wildfire staff and students, if you'll come up and just line up across the front. I know you're weary and you guys have worked hard and just line, line up right across the front here. And I want us to corporately pray for them, but then I'm going to ask if you have a particular need, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I'd like to spread out a little bit, guys. We're going to need room. They have been soaking all week, receiving. They've been fed by a fire hose morning to night. And so don't miss your opportunity here. If you have a particular need that you need to share, I'm asking God to do again miraculously. So would you just stretch your hands towards the team. Lord, I just lift up this whole Ignite ministry and what you're doing with the campuses. Lord, we ask that you touch a generation with the fire and the presence and the miracles of God. That, Lord, you would equip all those who have sown this week, 
the teachers that have come, those who have spent their money to travel, those that have already left that are headed back. God, I pray that there would be a significant move on the campuses. Revival would break out through our college campuses. All the stuff we're hearing that is not good, that is trying to take out a generation. Lord, you have a remnant that is working hard to glorify your great name. So now, Lord, we pray blessing on each one of them, their families, their circumstances, their own health, their finances, their connections, their relationships. God, I pray a super blessing on them that wherever the enemy has tried to lay a a stronghold, Lord, we pray a Psalm 91 declaration of covenant promise. You'll spring the snare of the fowler, that no sickness or torment will come upon them, that they may see thousands die in left or right, but none of those evils will befall them, that their dwelling places shall be a house of prayer, personal prayer and power. God, I ask you to increase their testimony, increase their power, increase the signs and wonders. God, that the message that they carry will come from a place deep within their own soul. They know that they know that they know personally who you are and what you're doing among them. So, Lord, I pray now, covering and protection over them as they head back and they take on the next steps. And So, Lord, I pray for all that you're doing here among them. And I thank you for the privilege. I wasn't kidding last night. I'd love to do this quarterly here. That our the opportunity, we would tea. Nico, you're, you're welcome to come here. Anytime we can fit it, work it, uh, we'll, we'll serve, we'll, we'll honor you. Come here and you do what God would allow you to do here. And now, Lord, I pray. Let's, let's stand. Lord, I thank you for the, the miraculous. We sang this morning, you're a God of miracles. And you certainly are. You wow us by the presence of what you do among us. Lord, I'm praying now for all the impossible situations that seem in the natural. We don't see how in the world you're going to do it, God, but you're a God of the impossible. I pray for additional healings. Lord, I thank you for that word. Cancer would fall in the name of Jesus. Lord, we would see the miraculous. We're not going to lose any more loved ones to cancer. God, I pray right now that you would move powerfully, God. There would be an anointing, a release of the river, God, that the river, we know Ezekiel 47, the basis of this house, that the river is rising. And we want it to be such a class five water system. We go where you put us, Lord. We don't tell you, Nehi, you, you come, God, and you move mightily to the nations, to the campuses, to the city, to be in revival, God, I pray. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing among us here. Release more of that anointing for healing, for deliverance, for salvations, for family, for relationship, for community. God, we thank you, and I, I bless now all these who have come and sown this week. Lord, I ask for a personal revelation of your goodness to them. We thank you, God. We thank you for the privilege that you have allowed us this week and all the opportunity, all the things we witnessed, heard. And now, Lord, would you move on our body here. In Jesus' name, amen.